chapter really closely and tell me, tell me if you can who this is. No, it's not me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is our son David wearing Mike Larson's cowboy hat. Uh, picture was taken. Uh, David's two and a half, I think, two and a half years old, out in front of the old Central Christian Church building, uh, which is now the Family Crisis Center building on Highway 1431. Uh, David loved wearing Michael Larson's hat, and Michael Larson was just studying how to become a professional photographer. Uh, and so I actually took several pictures, but this is... Uh, so I, this picture came to mind as I started thinking... Um, we moved to Marble Falls on November the 15th of 1977. Which means it was the week before Thanksgiving then. This month, Peggy and I are celebrating 40 years of life and ministry in Marble Falls, <laughs> Granite Shoals. And so the, the, when that thought struck me, my first reaction was, wow, 40 years? That's a really long time. I don't feel nearly that old. Um, 40 years is a long time. But, but, but almost instantly my thoughts jumped to just contemplating that number. That number 40. The number 40. So... Um, do you know what the the biblical significance of the number 40 is? People who study uh, biblical numerology assign different meanings to different numbers and different patterns of numbers. And so the number 40, uh, for people who study this kind of things, is that... uh, A period of testing or trial or probation. Uh, um, Do you know how many times the word 40 is used, the the, the number 40 is used in the Bible to describe something important? Let me guess. Anybody want to guess? A lot? Probably a lot, because the Bible is a big long book, right? Uh, 146. associated with stuff like this. Um, Noah's flood reigned for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, Moses spent 40 years, his first 40 years in Egypt, and then his next 40 years in the desert on the run as a criminal, a hunted, wanted person. Uh, Then he spent 40 days on Mount Sinai, twice... Because apparently it takes a while to engrave the Ten Commandments on commandments onto stone tablets. And when you bust the first set, you have to go up there and wait 40 more days while uh, uh, the new set is completed. Uh, the spies were sent into the Promised Land for 40 days. They had 40 days to check out uh, and and figure out whether this is a place that the, that the children of Israel wanted to go or not. That was 40 days. 
the children of Israel consequently wandered in the desert for 40 years because they were afraid to trust God and enter into the promised land. Jonah preached to Nineveh for 40 days. Uh, And with uh, with the promise that at the end of 40 days, God's going to blast Nineveh, but secretly afraid that God wouldn't blast Nineveh, and then he was going to look stupid. And if you want, Caleb can tell you the whole story. He has a whole uh, PowerPoint and everything to teach you about that. It's excellent teaching on Jonah and Nineveh. Uh, Elijah went without food for 40 days on Mount Horeb. I mean, stop me if you don't see a pattern here. Uh, But then finally we get to this. Jesus was tempted in the desert as he battled with Satan for 40 days. Uh, Non-stop throw down in the desert for 40 days. And after the resurrection, Jesus remained for 40 days. Uh, before ascending into heaven. Forty days of wrapping things up with uh, his disciples. Yeah, that would have been a great 40 days if you were going to be stuck anywhere for 40 days. Uh, So, boom. Forty is a big deal. Uh, And I I think any time you're suddenly confronted with the reality that you've been... uh, 40 years at something, uh, it's, you, you ought to kind of stop and reflect on this, especially since 40 is a, is a period of testing, trial, or probation. Sometimes that message is there. So, uh, so, so let's, let's ask for a second, what does testing mean? If it's, if, it's gonna be, if it's a period of trial or probation or testing, what does pest, testing mean? Uh, this is my favorite verse on, when it comes to testing. Uh, this is one of the, if there was any verse in the Bible that you would like maybe to have tattooed on your back somewhere, uh, th- this would be a, a good promise to have. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation, which is also sometimes translated texting. No te- testing. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape so that you will be able to endure it. Now, I could preach on this verse for a long time. Um, I just want to point out that the the way of, uh, uh, of escape doesn't mean you don't, he snaps his fingers and you don't get, don't have to go through testing. It just means he provides for you the strength and the wisdom and the resources and the ability to triumphantly go through it. When we're, when we're involved in some kind of difficult situation, what do we, we, we pray, what do we want to have happen? As a result of our prayer, what do we want for God to do? Make it stop, make it stop. This isn't any fun. This is my head hurting. Um, my life is hurting. God, go back and fix it the way it makes me happy. I'm going to go. I want to be in the happy place. I, I want to go to the happy church. I want to. Um, please, God, make my life better. Uh, that's not what this means. Because as we've discovered previously, 40 
associated with testing, there's something important going on when you're in a time of testing or a time of tempting. So God says, God's faithful. Even though you think your head's about to explode or your life is about to come, go down in flames, it's not. God, God is, has his hands on the wheel. Um, and even though it feels like you've just jumped out of an airplane without a parachute, God's the safety net. And he's, he's controlling the circumstances. You will be able to, to endure it. And not this word endure doesn't just mean ah, ah, how much longer. It's just, oh, I can't stand this. How much longer is it? Oh, please, somebody just shoot me. I just can't. No, it's, it's, uh, it's triumphantly conquer it. Courageously stay engaged with it until God brings you through it. What's that old, remember that old phrase? If God brings you to it, He will bring you through it. And that's what this verse means. Okay, so uh, the Greek word uh, means to go through, the the Greek word for testing means to go through a process to determine or assess the quality or character of something. In other words, it's not a punishment. or, Or God's just trying to, God's just trying to, tempt me or trick me into, into falling into some kind of sin so he can see whether I'm strong enough and pure enough and have a good enough heart. Uh, no. This is, this is uh, to a, it's a process. It's a foreordained, planned process to determine the quality or the character of something. But here's an interesting question. Who is assessing whom? This just struck me one day. Just, let's just look at this. Does God need to put us through tests so he can figure out whether or not we made the grade? Does God need to put John Alexander through some kind of test so he can find out what so God can find out what's in John's heart? No. God God made John Alexander. God by his spirit is is flowing through John Alexander. God knows what's going on with John Alexander. God's not putting, is not putting John Alexander to some kind of test. It's to see whether uh, John passes some kind of technical test, whether he's performing up to factory specs, because God already knows. Right? Can we all agree on that? All right. God already knows our hearts. And by the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, God has already equipped us to be under overcomers so, so God already knows who we are. God knows what's going on. God, and God knows his plan for us. So if there's testing going on here, what's the purpose? Surely. Well, that's kind of what it says here. That's kind of... I don't know how I cut it off, but the testing is for us to confirm that he is faithful and his grace is always sufficient. His grace is always sufficient. We go through stuff so that we can know that God is always there to faithfully get us through stuff.
You know what I mean? Uh, it's, God is giving us opportunities to learn to trust Him more because the more we learn to trust Him, the more we uh, cease freaking out about... Uh, don't worry about it. It's, it's, uh, we got the point. Uh, the testing is for, is for us to discover how faithful God is. We all go through testing. It's common to this life. And God is faithful. And how do we find out God is faithful? By going through stuff that we wish would quit and stop and go away so we could be in control of our own lives again. doesn't happen that way. A great uh, verse from Luke 22. I love this verse. Um, I don't preach on this verse enough. I should probably preach on this same verse again next week. Jesus is having uh, supper, last supper with the disciples. And there's lots of weird stuff going on. And they're trying to figure out who's going to be uh, set at Jesus' right hand and his left hand when, 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 they come in, when Jesus comes into his kingdom. And uh, they're all arguing with each other. And Peter uh, is in on the conversation. And, and Jesus calls P- Peter over. He says, Peter, I, 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 I want to give you a heads up about something. Satan has come to me and demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I said, no, Satan, I rebuke you in, in my name and I command you to keep your fingers and, and keep your clutches and your claws off of Peter because he's mine and he's, he, is, he belongs to me and you can't touch him. So don't worry about it, Peter. It's going to be okay. No, that's not... He, he said, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. I'm praying for you. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you, Peter. That your faith may not fail. And when you have... And once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Now, you know, you know, in those days, the way that you sifted wheat uh, was, was in a great big straw basket. I mean, like a huge straw basket. And you put the wheat in it, and then you threw it up in the air. You just shook it, and you threw it up in the air, and the wind blew the chaff away, and then the, the kernels fell back in the basket. And then you shook it some more, and then you threw it up again. And the wind blows some more stuff out. Then you catch it in the basket again. So uh, it's a, a real shake-up. It's a real freak-out. It's, uh, it's like going to Disney World except without all the puppets. It's just uh, it's very, very disturbing if you're a grain of wheat. The, the, the point is, Jesus says, I am praying for you. See how this verse connects back to the... Fr- 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I will not allow you to go through something that uh, beyond what you're able because I am always faithful and I'm taking care of you. The enemy comes and he wants to touch you. Um, I'm praying for you. And you are going to get through this. And as a result of getting through this, you're going to be able, you're going to have a testimony. Your faith is going to be stronger. Your understanding of me is going to be stronger. Your confidence that, that I am faithful and I will not fail you is going to be stronger. 
And, of course, Peter got it immediately. The thing I always like about Peter, he's like, just right there. It's like mine's like a steel trap. He's just, I got it. Yes, oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Peter's just like that, right? Peter said, Lord, with you, I am ready to go both to prison and to death. And Jesus said, no. No, Peter, I'm sorry. No. Um, I say, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you have denied three times that you even know who I am. So we go through stuff. And I know that you would rather not go through stuff. I know you'd rather just sit there in your easy chair and watch the world go by and go to church and eat turkey and uh, just have smooth uh, and, and, and always be comfortable and at peace. And, um, and we'll, we will have all those things when we get to heaven. <laughs> but... but between now and then, Jesus gives us another wonderful promise. What? Uh, and, and that's right. Uh, John sixteen. That's it. John sixteen thirty three. In this world, you will have tribulation. Let's all say that word together. Tribulation. In this world, you will have. You will. Oh, oh, you will have tribulation. Like, like that's right. That's right. In this world, you will have tribulation. Newsflash. In this world, you will have tribulation. Just don't freak out because I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. And I'm holding you in the palm of my hand. And I am always faithful. I am always faithful. Testing comes. Tribulation comes. I am always faithful. And one of the purposes that this testing produces is our confidence, even though it takes a long time. In my case, it takes at least 40 years to, to discover for sure that God is always, always faithful. So, 40 years, what have I learned? Um, I don't know, when I first came here, first of all, when we first moved to Marble Falls, we became the the pastor of Central Christian Church in 1977, which incidentally means Karen's came to Marble Falls, yeah, 39 years. Most of 39 years Karen's been here. <laughs> yep, 70. So, so, and y'all came in 78. See, a lot of us have been around here too long. <laughs> uh, when I came here in 77, I didn't know anything about Passionate Church. I didn't want to come here. I I, I won't go into the whole story, but they tried to talk me into coming here once, and I said no because I didn't know anything about pastoring a church. Um, I, I didn't want to pastor a church. I, wanted, I liked working in the church, but I wanted somebody else to have all the responsibility and do all the hard stuff. Um, and I, I hadn't been to seminary, and I, I didn't want to go to seminary. I thought I would never be a pastor because I would never go to a Disciples of Christ seminary. Um, because there's just too many wacky things that were being taught back then. So I thought, well, so I, I guess that means I'll never be a pastor because I won't be able to go to seminary. And I never thought about pastoring at any other church except the Disciples Church because that's where I was serving in Austin. So that's all easy. Um, no problem. I'm, I won't be a pastor. Uh, 
Well, it turns out that there are ways to get around that. <laughs> That's, so, so I didn't want to come, but, but I ended up here. What? Yeah. First pastor you ever saw in flip-flops. That's right. Uh, so, so some of the first tests were that I went through was, gosh, now all these people are depending on me and I don't really know what to do. I only knew what I knew in the scriptures. All, all, I, only, all I knew was, was, was to pray and, and worship and, and try to preach truth. Uh, People in that church just loved, they loved to pray and they wanted to see the power of God come down and I, I just feel like I was blessed that they were so patient with me. Uh, um, so some of those early years were all about figuring, figuring it out. Uh, and, and sometimes, and we went through two early building programs uh, and we went through, through an initial early building program uh, for I didn't know that, where the money was going to come from, and I didn't know anything about running a building program. And, and what I learned was God was faithful. God, God was faithful, even though I didn't know how to run a church. God was faithful, even though I didn't really know much about preaching. Still, really don't know much about preaching. God was faithful. I didn't know how to do a building program. God was faithful. Uh, church started growing, and uh, there were some days when I felt really pleased and proud and excited and glad and some days when I just thought, what am I doing? How did I get in this mess? Uh, uh, and, and God just always brought uh, helpers and encouragers and really gifted people who loved and served the Lord. And uh, It was all rocking along really great until I... And I, did, and I learned step by step that God, you could always depend on God. You could always depend on God. Then there was that horrible faithful time when I committed just to probably the most egregious sinful thing you could do and blew the whole thing up. Some of you lived through that. You know what it was like. It just blew the whole thing up. It's completely my fault. And among other things, what I learned in the aftermath of that was God is always faithful. Honestly, I didn't know. No, I'm I'm past that, but it's it's instructional to share the test. And just like you had cancer and God healed you from it, sometimes it's still important to tell the story so that other people will know that there is life on the other side of that pain. That's the only reason I tell the story now. Uh, and I don't dwell on the story, but it is important, important to know and understand that every mo- in spite of all the, the things I learned about the faithfulness of God in that first 18 years, it pales in comparison to everything that I've learned since then about the faithfulness of God. Um, he, Jesus just never quits. Jesus never gives up. Jesus never's, never lets you go. Jesus never writes you off. And Jesus never drops a piano on you because you did something stupid. Um, uh, that, Jesus also hardly ever gives you a free pass on the consequences of doing something stupid. 
that's where we get back to God is always faithful. He will provide the way of escape so that you can somehow, unbelievably, miraculously get through it and come out victoriously on the other side. God is always, God is always, God is always faithful. And I think, oh, if I had to look back on 40 years, that 40 years of testing for me has been one confirmation after another of the fact that God is always faithful. As I've faced situations that I thought, how am I going to... I mean, I'll tell you what, just, just here's a, little, a, a quick little story. Uh, so, so, so y'all know that I, I resigned from my other job at Baker Communications completely, permanently, the end of September. Which means that uh, we've got a little cash flow gap for the last three months of the year. Uh, and we've got money and savings, so it's not a life and death horrible situation. But um, just out of the blue, completely unexpected, God sent me uh, some money last week that is almost the equivalent of one full month of the salary that I gave up in September. Uh, didn't ask for it, didn't expect it. I thought I had a plan. God said, no, I've, I, I've got a better plan. Let me, let me take care of this for you. Uh, God is always faithful. And so this is us after being uh, in Marble Falls for 40 years. This is actually us at Crystal's uh, 50th uh, birthday party, Crystal Jasper Mulville's 50th birthday party. You can t- say because who's, see who's that singing in the back? That uh, Carl, like a beacon <laughs> shining across uh, the dining room. That's Carl in the back. Uh, and, you know, that whole experience of being with Crystal and all her friends and so many people who I've known since back in that, that era was just another reinforcement of God's faithfulness. To see the story of God's faithfulness kind of ripple out in those lives so this is thanksgiving i'm thankful for the one thing that i hope i've learned give thanks to the lord for he is good his loving kindness never quits and his faithfulness is to all generations um and i know sometimes when we ask you so we we have this little exercise now before we say the prayer let's all go around the table and say one thing that we're thankful for and, you know, so we may say, I'm so thankful that Texas won yesterday, so now they can go to a bowl game. Uh, I'm so thankful that uh, my brother-in-law didn't come to Thanksgiving. Uh, there, we have all of these different things that we're thankful for, and they're significant up to a point, but everything begins when you're talking about gratitude when you're talking about thanksgiving when you're talking about thankfulness it all begins and ends with i am thankful so thankful for the faithfulness of god i am so thankful that god never gave up on me i am so thankful that he has a plan that involves a future and a hope for me. I am so thankful that the final chapter of my life story has not been written 
yet uh, with so many things unresolved. I'm so thankful that even though I don't know what's coming next, God does. And I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to trust Him. I am going to trust Him even though a lot of days it hurts to live with not knowing I'm still living with something I do know. God is always faithful. So I just want you to think about this. Love this picture. I love this picture. Uh, I can't remember. I think it's called Forgiven. Uh, and you can see this guy here. It's the hammer and the spike in his hands. And he's just overwhelmed with his own pain. He's overwhelmed with his own failure. He's overwhelmed with, his, with just getting through life and knowing that all of his plans are junk and garbage uh, and that he's completely helpless and hopeless and that he's the one who his sin helped nail Jesus to the cross. Uh, and that there's Jesus. Faithful, always faithful. Just holding him up, getting him through, moving him on to the next stage. So, I don't know if this picture is evocative of anything that you would apply in your life today. But I do know that we're all being tested. For some of you, it seems like 40 years. And it's only been two. Uh, but whatever it is, I want, you to just, I want you to stop. Let's close our eyes. Um, I know this is dumb. I'm going to keep my eyes closed too. Everybody's going to keep their eyes closed. But if you know you're, you are going through some sort of a test right now and, and it's been hard and you don't really know yet what to do, uh, I just want you to raise your hand uh, uh, to Jesus. Just raise your hand to Jesus and say, Lord, here I am. I'm trusting you. Um, I can tell you, I've been through a lot of testing. And every time I have learned that God is faithful. So, I want us to just pray this little prayer together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your love and mercy. I thank you for sending your son to die, to die on the cross to pay for my sins. Lord, I trust you. Help me to trust you more. And I will be eternally grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if, um, we're going to have communion in just a second uh, where we celebrate God's mercy. But if, if you have anything you want somebody to just pray with you about or encourage you about, um, maybe you're in a stuck place right now where um, you just need to see God's hand work in your life, um, after we dismiss from the service, I'd sure like for you to just come up here and have a seat and we'll go someplace and just pray. Um, 
as I had plenty of people all my life pray for me and help me get through things that I didn't think I could get through. So we want to be here for you too. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your spirit, constantly putting things back together after we break them. We thank you for your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen.